Hey, Chin Chu, how's it going? Hey, David, I'm doing pretty well. Hope uh, you've been having a pretty good week so far. Yeah, so far, it's been a weird week, but I suppose good overall. Um, so I'm excited to see how this goes. As I, I just mentioned to you, this is a sort of second part of a two-part episode, uh, two-part series, let's say, uh, about beauty standards. So I, I spoke with Jenny Dong about female beauty standards, and now I want to talk to you about male beauty standards. And I, I don't know, I've never, when I talk to guys about it, it's very casual, but I don't call it beauty standards, right? It's kind of just like joking around about like most guys I know don't care about how they look. Um, not that much and, and definitely not as much as most women I talk to. So just when I say like, hey, I'm going to talk to you about male beauty standards and, you know, both personally and in the culture, what what's the first kind of stuff that comes to mind for you? I guess one of the first major things that really comes to mind for me when it comes to like male beauty standards typically revolves around like aspects of fitness. I think that's like a fairly common one that most men think about when they think about male beauty standards in that sense, right? It's typically based around like physical fitness and how big your muscles are and like how ripped your abs are. And that's generally the conception I have in my head when I hear the phrase like male beauty standards. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. And that actually... That is not the way I thought of it, but it provides a good framing for, or it's a good contrast with, you know, the differences I see between the male and female beauty standards, because, you know, the conversation with Jenny, especially towards the end, when I was trying to be more kind of explicit in talking about, you know, how does she feel about, like, if I were to assess her beauty right there on camera and like these sorts of things, just be very explicit about, you know, can we talk about it? It, it seems much more, uh, uncomfortable for women but i most guy friends i'm i'm not uncomfortable to like you know be honest about how i think they look and it just kind of comes up in casual conversation and it's because i think part of it is i know i could be more attractive if i put in more effort in my physical fitness and i and either i do or i don't and i just accept that fact but it's like the main standards are within my control whereas i think for women maybe the main standards aren't within their control as much right um which is an interesting thing but you know do you talk to guy friends does like their attractiveness come up much or do you guys talk about like you know oh some guys get more girls or not so like i have a friend who's does way better on tinder than i do and like i <laughs> i but like regardless of the results i know he's better looking than me just overall we were different obviously but i can casually admit that like he's better looking than me and it's not it's not an issue for me right um yeah so how do you kind of does this come up with guys and uh, guy friends and stuff yeah, no, for sure. It's it's definitely really come up and me and my like fellow guy friends have definitely talked about it as well. And I think we've talked about it like fairly casual as well. I don't know if it's necessarily emblematic of all men and their friend groups and stuff like that. It's it's hard to like extrapolate from your own experiences to the average and stuff like that. It feels like it just it could just be the fact that my friend group is like particularly open about a lot of this stuff too. I'm also friends with like a fair number of like of like gay men or like bisexual men. And it kind of comes up a lot on like that as well. And like my friends are kind of like joked around about it. So I'd say that me and my friends have been like fairly open and honest about that. And I do think you brought up like a really good point in regards to like for men, in some ways it feels more controllable in regards to being able to affect your own beauty, like to, to meet certain beauty standards and stuff like that versus like women, which I find women get criticized a lot more on parts of their body that are more difficult to control than what is commonly criticized for men and stuff like that. Mm. That makes sense. Can you move your mic a little bit away from your mouth? It's getting like a, 
There. Wait, is this better? Now you're a bit quiet. Oh my goodness. Okay. It's hard. Oh, sound. Hard to do. Uh, it's all good. Um, no, and, and so I, because for me, yeah, there's, there's, it does primarily come down to, but like, I wouldn't care that much or, you know, I, I, it's difficult to know because I'm of moderate or better attractiveness in my view, right? Like I'm above average or, or I'm at least not below some minimum that I've deemed would be unattractive, right? So I think yeah. I'm good enough looking that I don't care about the stuff I can't control. And I know, okay, when I was 20 pounds heavier than I am now, I was less attractive because I, but like, and if I worked out like I was six months ago or five months ago, I'd be more attractive. And it's very much just in my control. And the guys who I know who are like kind of overweight or whatever it is, they know they're like, that's the way they look. And, and I don't see many men walking around trying to like advocate that, you know, they're 300 pounds and beautiful or handsome. It's like, no, we know that like you don't fit the beauty standards. You can be comfortable in your body image. That's fine with you. That's fine for you. But there's no such sense of like, you no know, big and beautiful or whatever it is with men I talk to. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it definitely is like an interesting thought. Although I would say that in regards to like kind of the big and beautiful thing, there is the whole aesthetic about like dad bods that kind of exist. I'm not sure how much you know about that. I've heard, yeah. Yeah, so there's like a little bit of that involved. But dad bod is kind of like the average Joe, right? Like the right. average guy, not like massively overweight or whatever. So yeah, but even the dad bod, it's kind of like a, a um, resignated acceptance, right? Of when I was being told I had a dad bod, it was like, okay, Right. And then I've lost weight and now, okay, I don't have a dad bod. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, but sorry, I interrupted. Well, actually, yeah. Oh, I mean, there wasn't much else. I was super thing on that. I just wanted to bring up the point about the dad bod and the stuff like that. But no, it is, it is really interesting because what we view as beauty standards is very, very cultural and very like socially contextual based off the side that you live in and stuff like that in many like, um, many countries outside of the West and like the Middle East and stuff like that. Unibrows are seen as like a common beauty feature for like women and stuff like that. They're seen as immensely beautiful. Whereas in the West, they very much are not so. And the beauty standards change quite a lot, both for like men and women across various cultures. So it's really interesting to see what societies and cultures value in terms of beauty standards and how that gets like translated through into people and how do people feel about them and how they really see themselves aligning to those beauty standards and if it causes them grief or whatnot, because beauty standards most certainly causes a lot of people quite a lot of grief in the end. Yeah. Right. And it causes, you know, both men and women immense grief, I think in similar ways and also in different ways. It's very really interesting to think about it. It's, it's, I think it's a, it's a good lens as to see what society values aesthetically. Oh, that makes sense. And yeah, I definitely have a hard time, getting my head out of the standard that I grew up in. Cause mm -hmm. I know like growing up, I was kind of like obsessed with the female beauty standard, but not as much with the male beauty standard. One thing I'm interested in something Jenny mentioned is she actually found it easier for her to not care about the, like, let's call it movie star looks because all of the movie stars were white. And so she like, for her, she didn't try to look like that. She just knew, Oh, that's not, 
my standard, right? Um, you know, you're also Asian, in case people are listening and don't know. <laughs> Did you like, like, because I never looked at Channing Tatum and thought, oh, I need to look like this guy. Mm-hmm. But do you think you had just a, a different relationship with that? Or what was your relationship with kind of like the the ideal of our current beauty standards, let's call them, um, as you were growing up and stuff? I, I can kind of empathize with what Jenny said in that regard and stuff, because here in the West, you don't particularly see like many Asian men uh, portrayed as like, uh, you know, standards of beauty and whatnot. I definitely find that I couldn't really relate to most of them. I haven't really cared much about beauty standards that much in my past before. So it's not something that's heavily affected me personally, although I have like thought about it quite a lot in terms of like society and culture and values and a lot of that front. But it's it's also interesting because I think it's like for people, it very much is something that could be very different. I I feel like I personally have not cared that much about you know white beauty standards and my seeing myself in them. But I think definitely for other people and stuff like that, depending on their background and how they're raised and their class and whatnot, they very much could feel like an incredible amount of discordance in regards to wanting to be like the people they see on TV, even though the people on TV do not necessarily line up with who they are in terms of physicality and whatnot. Yeah, and so I wanna shift gears a little bit and ask mm. how, how attractive do you think you are? I think I'm fairly attractive. And what, how do you come to judge that? Do you judge it, um, you know, you look around at the people like in your life and you're like, I know I'm more attractive than like 70% of these people or 80% of these people. How do you judge it? Because yeah, I I also agree. Like I'm fairly attractive. I kind of give myself like a, depending on my day, I, depending on the day I can give, I I average a seven out of 10 in my own view. Oh, I agree with that. And it's like good enough. Um, I have honestly a harder time judging non-white people because I feel like it's a different beauty standard. And even with respect to, women i often are more attractive to women who look white let's say even if they're not white um but yeah so how do you come to uh judge yourself in a certain way as uh, as attractive uh i think the main thing is that really influence my opinion of my own physical attractiveness is okay one first of all i think i take pretty good care of myself i try to eat very healthily I wash my face all the time. You know, I, I take showers regularly. I and that's purely just in the area of like physical, general health upkeep and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to like a lot of beauty standards, there is like a lot of leeway in what you can do on that regard. And as as you said, there are days, there are days where that score definitely varies. Yeah, it's like oh, you're having like bad breakouts on the face or whatnot. You just you just depending feel on how terrible. long my bald hair gets, <laughs> definitely looks worse. Oh, uh, you know, I miss uh, I miss the the mohawk headcom days. Right. That was yeah. something. That was a look. Oh, man. I always found those super cool, even though I never had necessarily the courage to do it to my own hair. But, you know, we're yeah. getting off the point. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, yeah, obviously it varies a lot. But I think it's the fact that, A, I take very good care of myself. I think I take better care of myself than probably the average person does in mm-hmm. terms of how I eat and all the other general upkeep things. But I think that also ties into the second thing is that I believe I am an extremely fit person simply because of the lifestyle that I choose to lead and all the stuff I do with Muay Thai. Like during my peak training of like Muay Thai schedule, I train six days a week. I run five kilometers every day. That's like at peak fight training levels. Yeah. And I think all of that 
it's actually incredible. Like I've tracked my calories before and I found that in the past I have burned on average at peak level, like 3,800 to 4,000 calories a day. It's incredible. I have to eat a ton to keep it up actually. But I think it's the fact that I, I train a lot. I work very hard on that regards. And I think I'm a very fit person, which definitely contributes a lot to that. Cause it's talked a lot about in like the fitness community and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. Right. Where Fitness dramatically doesn't, it doesn't just increase like your muscles or your abs and your definition and stuff like that. Because of of you exercising, it actually drains fat from the rest of your body and can help make like your face more chiseled, for instance. This is like a thing that's commonly brought up. I don't know necessarily how true some of it is because fitness kind of veers into bro science a little bit, (laughs) but I have heard about this in the past before. And uh, yeah, no, it's cool. That's kind of like what makes up my, my feeling of myself. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. And that's a good metric. So now like, I'm interested, like what would you or I do or how would we feel? Or do you have friends who are legit, just kind of ugly, right? Cause there are people who just have unfortunate faces, let's say, right? Like, and I don't mean to be mean or be glib about it, but it is like something to talk about because there's this idea that's kind of put forward, like everyone is beautiful and like, it's just not true. And if, and people who aren't will know that no matter how much they tell themselves otherwise, but it also beauty is a factor. It's a a factor in someone's life. It doesn't need to be so important either. And, you know, it's, it comes up more often with respect to women, but I don't know many men who are kind of just, unattractive and I've not talked to them. So maybe we should, I should try and find someone who's willing to come on and say how it feels to be (laughs) like kind of quite unattractive. But what do you think um, about that? And and do you know people, have you talked to anyone who kind of knows they're less attractive? I've spoken to guys who are overweight and again, but it's like, they just kind of resign themselves to it and they know that they're overweight basic most of the time because of choices they've made. It's not the same Although it's interesting to contrast, again, that with like women who are overweight, you can't even like tiptoe near that, um, where guys, it's very casual still, it seems, or most of the men I talk to who are overweight. Um, but yeah, have, has it come up with respect to just kind of like something they can't control? It's never come up like too like distinctly, I would say, in conversations I have had with people and kind of like talking about the sense it's like, Again, I do think that like a lot of times certain beauty standards are very culturally dependent, right? So a lot of times what is seen as beautiful can often be very arbitrary based on the society that you exist within and stuff like that. And I think that obviously, yeah, like being seen as unattractive can definitely hurt your, obviously beauty is a factor. Physical attractiveness is most certainly a factor in terms of relationships, all kinds of relationships, Mm -hmm. right? There's like studies that show that like, uh, that like conventionally attractive people, according to the standards of the society that the study is done in, typically do better in terms of like social mobility, in terms yeah. of salary, in terms of leadership opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. There's also something that shows that for height, and the height one appears to be pretty universal, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry, that's a little digression. I, I go on digressions all the time, but um, good. yeah, like on that front, though, obviously beauty plays like a factor in that regard. But I think you know, again, the biggest thing in the fact is that you know, personality plays like a much bigger role in that front. So I think for a lot of people that may be seen as less physically attractive, thankfully, physical attractiveness is most certainly not like the biggest factor in the end. So it kind of just works out okay for people in the end. And I would say that definitely physical attractiveness is less of a factor than like personality. Yeah. And so like, 
I'm almost at a loss of where to go next in this conversation because it seemed like when I was talk- talking to Jenny, there's an right. endless amount of depth to talk about with respect to female beauty standards and the difficulty that they yeah. have talking about it. The diff- like there, It just seems like it's such a more complex machine, whereas male beauty standards, it's like we chat about it for 10, 15 minutes and we're done because it's like pretty simple. Most guys I know don't give a shit that much, mm-hmm. but it's like it's such an interesting contrast to me. But also growing up, I kind of took for granted that male beauty standards like were irrelevant but I was obsessed with female beauty standards, like, you know, with respect to who I like pursued romantically or sexually or whatever. Like I was so obsessive. And, and I, I, I mentioned once, like I couldn't imagine if my mind, if I was a woman with my mind and the way it kind of mm-hmm. analyzed everything based on the kind of like quote social norms, I would have been just miserable. Right. Mm-hmm. Because when I look at myself in the mirror, I can go good enough. Like, you know, I, I wear pants. I stopped wearing track pants and start wearing jeans. That's an improvement in my appearance. Like <laughs> it's so simple, but if I had all of the sort of like quote expectations that I interpret women have, it would have, it would have been miserable in my like anxious mind. Mm-hmm. But like, is it, is it, I don't know. What what do you think of this? Because I'm almost struggling to understand how to explore this more, or will we inevitably shift to female beauty standards? Because it doesn't seem like there's much depth to get into with male beauty standards to me. There might be. Like, I think it, you know, if you really want to really dive deep into this, you might have to find someone who does care a lot about male beauty standards, the same level that perhaps the average woman cares about the average female beauty standard in the end, because there are certainly men that exist that care a lot about beauty standards in the end, right? Like anyone with any sort of like eating disorder or like body dysmorphia in that sense, right? And like, I've read about some of these experiences too, where people get way too into working out because they tie too much of their fundamental personality and physical self-image to it in like a really, really unhealthy way and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So it it most certainly does affect men in that regard. And I think it depends a lot on how vulnerable you are to media, to to how how vulnerable you are to media influencing the way you see yourself and and how media portrays certain things. Because, you know, the common media portrayal is like a super jacked buff dude, right? And I think it, it could be the fact that perhaps we are less influenced by media based upon our backgrounds, our learning, our things like that. This well, is one of those areas which is kind of hard to discuss. There's there's something to say, though. Like, I've heard that there's, like, you know, the anger isn't the right word. But, like, there's also a lot of, like, overweight dudes with really hot wives and TV sitcoms and stuff. Like, the dad bod. Like, there's a lot of, as much as there's, like, and there's this stereotype that, like, male actors can act until they're 80, but women, once they're 50, like they're done. Right. So even in the media, yeah, there's the Channing Tatum type, but there's lots of other male representation as well, apparently, and less female representation. And so, but I do like, when you say that, like one, some, one person does come to mind who like was overweight when they were younger. Now they're like, let they're, they're definitely like less secure in their body image um, because of that. And so, yeah, I don't by any means mean no men struggle with it. And it would be interesting to find someone who does, who's willing to talk about it openly. But like, if I just pick a random person out of a hat, uh, most of the women have a lot more to say and have thought about it a lot more. Whereas most of the men are just kind of indifferent to it, it seems. Yeah. 
and kind times like a thought I had about this. I feel that women are, are under significantly greater pressure from society and the media when it comes to body image and stuff like that. I think there's a lot more forces involved in like the society that we live in, in the media systems that we live in, that put a lot more pressure and a focus of control on women's bodies in that regard. I think men obviously do have problems in regards to body image and stuff like that. But I would hazard a guess to say that women do feel significantly more pressure in this regard, which is why you have women that like immediately, I think from like a young age, women are made to be aware of their bodies much more than men are you know, based on media, based on control, based on like notions of acceptable weight levels and stuff like that. And I feel like kind of in the sense of like big is beautiful, that movement, I feel kind of grew out of like a backlash mm -hmm. to a lot of the media control standards in the end. And the constant idea that pushing that like thin is the end all be all in terms of like health and beauty standards and stuff like that. But so I think that's, yeah. Do you think, cause like I have a hard time accepting that there isn't like at least a realm of like objective beauty, right? Like, like there are certain standards, like they, I don't think they would have come out arbitrarily from nowhere. Like there are certain people I like looking at more than others. If I was going to make a sculpture of a man or a sculpture of a woman, there's certain aspects I would pick if I wanted to embody beauty. Right. And so I don't, I don't personally really buy that. Like, it's just kind of random. I don't know if, you know, Hollywood has it perfect or whatever it is, but there's even things like facials. Like you can definitely point out when someone is kind of ghastly, let's say, right. Um, and not to be, you know, mean to them, but it's true. And there's like facial symmetry. Like I do think there are, and people, there are degrees, you know, I might be into more petite women and someone would be into more curvaceous women or whatever it is, but there's definitely a realm of objective standard. I think I don't, I couldn't list it all right now, but I don't think it's kind of totally out of nowhere. No, I don't think there it is either. I think there is some nugget of like an objective standard in there, but this is one of those things where it gets very, very hazy because society does like influence like beauty standards quite a lot. Like, you know, going back to like, uh, let's say medieval European times, it was seen as much more of a sign of beauty to be more curvaceous rather than being particularly thin. You see this exemplified in paintings, in media of the time, in writings, etc., etc. Uh, also in like ancient Greece, for instance, right? The, stat the statue of Michelangelo's David has a very small penis because in ancient Greek times, it was seen to be much more aesthetic and beautiful for men to have small penises in the end. So I, I think there, and, but there also has been like some really interesting studies and math looking at the idea of beauty. Like people have looked at applying the golden ratio and other mathematical constants in life to like, uh, like facial symmetry, to facial symmetry, mm -hmm. to other aspects of that. So the, I definitely think there is some level of some objective human standard in there, but I don't think I am necessarily qualified to really make a judgment on where, because it's very blurry, on where the objective thing ends and where the society thing comes into play, because society obviously has a huge impact on how we see each other and how we view beauty and stuff like that. So this one's very, very tricky, and it's difficult for me to make any conclusive comments on this front, because I really don't know enough about aesthetics on this level. No, that makes sense. And yeah, I'm not looking to so solve it at the moment. Right. But I yeah. want I think like too often it's sort of dismissed outright and like, yes, to a degree, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Everyone has different like standards, different things they find attractive and whatnot. But 
if I'm going to, yeah, if I'm going to pay someone to make a statue for me, I'm going to want it to look a certain way and not just whatever they think is beautiful, right? And you'd want to create something that men, as many people as possible would find beautiful and want to see or want to watch this actress in a movie, right? And so it's like, there's clearly something at play here and, and the idea, and it's for men as well, but like I can wreck, it's, it's like acceptable for me to openly admit that, yeah, I can handpick the men who are super attractive and other men are less attractive than them. I am, we are less attractive than Channing Tatum, I think, right? But if I say that to a group of women, you're all less attractive than Jessica Alba. Like, that's, like, that's, that, that's unacceptable, right? Yeah, I don't know, on the Channing Tatum thing, because again, right? It's the fact that I don't necessarily see myself in Channing Tatum as well. And the whole right. like race thing and society thing kind of comes into play. It's uh, another example I'd like to give is that previously in the past, it was seen to be very, very attractive to be extremely, extremely pale. Whereas to now, because back then being pale was seen to be a sign of wealth because you weren't yeah. going out and working the fields. But now it seemed to be very, very attractive to be extremely tanned because you have the money to afford to go on vacations, which is a sign of wealth ultimately. And this is one of those things where like, it's pretty weirdly universal across a lot of cultures in the end. Like even amongst Asian cultures, right? Like my parents have commented on this before, or I come back from like summer camp and I am like extremely brown from spending all the time out and extremely tan from spending all the time out in the sun. And they're like, ah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it's also interesting, yeah. though, even the way in which you responded to like, I told you you're less attractive than Channing Tatum. And you said, maybe I disagree. Right. right. Whereas many women I talked to and the definitely the culture makes it seem like if I had made a similar comment to a woman, it's blasphemous. It's not just like, oh, maybe we disagree. So I think that's interesting as well. And I may like maybe I'm building it up to more than it is. But this is definitely the way I experience um the culture as it currently stands. One thing I want to just shift to briefly is how do you view your relationship to female beauty standards in a more personal way? So like, because for me, when I think about my, the way I'm received by people, I think more about how would my wife look than how I look, right? Because like, again, the, the female beauty standards are so much more potent in my mind that like I'm more concerned about how my, I don't have a significant other. So like, maybe that's not surprising to some people based on all of this, but um, like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm more concerned about like the person, how the person next to me would look than my own looks. I'm wondering if you think about that a lot, like, oh, the beauty standards of, uh, I don't know if you have a girlfriend or not. So, um, but not currently. Yeah. So like the beauty standards you look for in a significant other. That's an interesting thought. I've never really considered like how like my wife would look like standing next to me or stuff like that. I've, I've never really thought about it that much. It's very much one of those things was like, oh, that'll be like their own thing. And it's not something I really have to concern myself too much with. That's like a very interesting question. No, it's an interesting and question and like worth thinking about. It's like, yeah, what is my relation to like female, you know, female beauty standards in the end? Well, yeah, and it's good to... I think it's good that you've not thought about that. I don't think about it actively, but I definitely, right. if I had to think of, you know, like myself presenting with my wife, you know, so I'm, you know, Joe Biden and Jill Biden or whatever, definitely yeah. like it's more about how she looks than how I look, I think. And and mm. that's just the case. And so it factors in. But do you think I used to have issues with like being so over analytical of the women I was with 
because I had a real problem with female, like caring a lot about female beauty standards. Do you kind of, is that a, when you, when you are meeting someone, is it a, is it an early consideration? Obviously per, they have to meet some minimum that you find them attractive. And is it just kind of like a binary yes or no, or is there kind of more thought that goes into it? Well, yeah, I think I definitely do consider people's like physical attractiveness to myself when I choose to like date them and stuff like that or engage in any sort of like relationship. I think that's like fairly common in the end. Um, but I guess it's kind of like, it's, I suppose, oh, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, it depends on like, yeah, this is an interesting question because I feel like this it depends on like a lot of nuance because I can kind of like see myself in the yes or no binary thing, especially for instance, if I'm meeting someone for like the first time, it's like a first time date off a of Tinder or whatnot. And, you know, from then it might be like a more binary yes, no in the end. But for me, I kind of see like, like the, the, the personality as well as like the physical attractiveness, they kind of like play off each other in the end. Mm -hmm. If it's someone who I know like extremely well in the end, that becomes more of like a thing with nuance where the physical beauty standards might not be as like important of a factor. Like it's kind of like a weird thing where there's like a bunch of different knobs simultaneously and the importance yeah. of all those knobs varies depending on the exact nature and the context of that relationship and how all these things go in the end. But I'd say in general, I've never thought too much, like, you know, kind of what you said about it's like, oh, how would someone look standing next to me? I've never thought too much about that because I've been to events with significant others before. And it might just be like a me thing, but I find myself much more preoccupied with how I look mm. in that sense. Weirdly enough, it's like, okay, you know, is the tie good? Is the tie good? Does, does everything yeah. fit? You know, don't fidget too much. Don't, don't pick at stuff too much and everything. See, for me, it's like almost there's it just whatever algorithms there are, whatever rule sets there are, they run. And so when I'm going out like, and I want to look as nice as possible, it's very simple. There's like six things. And then I look in the mirror and I was like, yes, this is the best I can look like. This is the maximum attractive I can be. And it's pretty easy to get there. Um, like, and whereas for, uh, a, for a woman, it seems like there's so much more like in terms of what kind of dress, how does the dress fit? What kind of makeup? Like there's just like almost an infinite number of factors. And so my mind knows some of them and it's like always running through all of those. Whereas for me, I literally like every time I dress up in a suit, I look in the mirror, I look good enough. Like this is, this is the best I can look. Maybe the shirt color could have been slightly different. That's it, right? Like, okay, but so it's just there's yeah. so much more. There's so many more uh, factors with females, like getting dressed up and this sort of thing, and female beauty. And so, yeah, I was I was interested to see if you had uh, similar experience. Yeah, that that might just be like I find that my I've dealt with a lot of like anxiousness in the past before too, but I find a lot of my anxiousness is usually very focused on myself. And very much focused on self-optimization and being like, okay, do I look good? Am I, am I handling this thing the right way and optimizing in that front? And so I think a lot of the challenge for me has actually been getting out of my head, getting out of my head, you know, adopting more of your attitude. Okay, I've done the best I can. I've, I've done the six pieces. It's fine. It looks good. Stop fidgeting. Stop picking at it. You're good. And that's something I'm trying to adopt more and be better with in my own life. And I feel this is something I'm still like actively struggling with a lot of the time. So it's really interesting, like hearing your opinion. I've talked to other people too. And, you know, I, I've talked to other people in the past are like, oh yeah, they do like a lot of thinking, but none of their thinking is like focused on themselves. They're focused on like analyzing the room and the social situation. It's like, oh, what did that person just say to that person in that regard? And playing out like different scenarios in that, in, in that side. And I always found that super, super fascinating because I have always been like intensely focused on like 
myself and say, okay, am I doing this thing the best way I possibly can be doing this, which sometimes can get into unhealthy directions. But that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, I know. And it's interesting. And it makes me think that, you know, I've always struggled with anxiety and it's only in the past few years that I've started to get a handle on it and I've not had a relationship since then. So it's like, maybe like I, I need the practice, right? I need to be in a situation with a significant other where I can see, feel this anxiety coming up to calm it down because like it's practice, it's routine and, and like that kind of thing. So that's, that's really interesting. Um, yeah. And, and I'd say for me, it's almost, um, I don't know. I always just looked how I looked. I didn't, I didn't consider it anything else like, Oh, this is how I look. Okay. I mean, no, to be fair, actually there is, I'll add one thing. I used to be more obsessed with physical fitness until I was 19 because I didn't used to get, I find, I think that for myself and for the men I meet, many of the men I meet who do care more, it's with respect to getting women, right? They, and so I used to not get women And so I went to the gym. I was obsessed with trying to get a six pack, right? And I wanted to, I thought that would help me get women. And then when I was like 19 years old, I started to just get women because of my personality. And then I was like, oh, I don't care about how I look anymore. Um, And it was very much like a switch in my mind almost. Mm -hmm. For me, yeah, it was weird because in, I think for most of high school, I didn't really do much exercising at all pretty much. But I think in like first year university from like a combination of like stress and like overeating and not sleeping well, I basically, I went up to like 205 pounds in terms of like overall weight. Uh, Right now to give context, I'm about 165. Yeah. Right. And I basically started exercising for like a number of reasons. Uh, One being that I'd gone through a breakup at that time. Second of all, a bunch of my friends started getting into exercising and gym and weightlifting. And also like, I kind of just felt like, okay, I need to get healthier with myself and my life and everything like that. So it was interesting because for me, my whole fitness thing was very much not really focused around like aesthetics. It was kind of like a weird general self-improvement thing based around like improving my own health and stuff like that. And it was weird because I'd never really done much fitness beforehand. But after starting in like first year university, I kind of just kept going. Like it feels really good. It feels really good. I really enjoy being healthy and I like the lifestyle of it. And I like being in like tip-top performance. And some of this might tie psychologically to like the, a lot of the optimization stuff, the self-optimization that I've kind of talked about before. Like I've been told by friends that I push myself very, very hard. And I think I definitely do. In the past, I definitely did not think so. I thought I was a very lazy person. But after talking with a lot of friends and being more open and honest and realistic with myself and kinder, kindness to myself is definitely a big thing I've had to learn. I do acknowledge, yeah, I think I do push myself pretty hard. And for me, a lot of living a good life is tempering that and being kind to myself and giving time to just, no, 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 you you should go take a break and do whatever this, oh God, hit the water bottle. Uh, And you should take your time off and don't push yourself so hard in the end. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think that's really good for, for me, it was very much like I've literally struggled for seven years, eight years to find the motivation to work out regularly again, because I, I was working out a lot when I was like, this will help me get women. But now it's like, okay, it'll make me healthier, but like, I'm not that unhealthy and that Mm. kind of stuff. But so do you have, this was really great. It didn't, I don't know how I expect it to go, but it's definitely interesting to kind of like, it'll be interesting to watch this one with the Jenny one back to back. Cause I do think like you're both people who are very open, very casual. I'm comfortable talking to each of you. I think you're each comfortable talking to me. 
And the conversations went totally differently. And I think are representative of sort of like the tone of the conversation. So maybe it'll be interesting to have each of you watch the other. And then maybe the three of us can have a conversation sometime about, uh, about some, some or some of these topics. It definitely would be very interesting and stuff like that. And, you know, we haven't touched on like racial stuff really at all too, right? Because there's a lot of really interesting stuff to be talked about. And I'm not sure if it came up in the in the podcast with Jenny at all, right? But definitely when it comes to like Asian beauty standards in like the West and stuff like that, and the whole like yellow fever thing when it comes like dating Asian women, like, like usually white guys who want to date, you know, the fetishization of race, I think is the official term for it and stuff yeah. like that. And there's been some really interesting stats looking at dating apps and how like you know yeah. asian men how do versus like perform it's uh it's it's interesting and there's a whole another big conversation about that but i guess if we we're specifically focusing on like you know men versus women in that front that's a whole different conversation to be to be talked about later yeah well, i'm i'm interested in, in exploring all of this stuff eventually right like i want this to be the place we can have all of those conversations and i'm hoping to bring in experts and people who have the stats and that that kind of stuff as well um do you have any last thoughts on Anything we talked about today? Oh, not really. This is interesting. You've definitely given me you've given me some some stuff to chew on for like the future to really think about the stuff and think about in relation to myself and everything. And well, yeah, um, I'm glad. And this was a great conversation. I appreciate you coming on and being open with me. And yeah, hopefully we can get you back on soon and we can uh, hear how the chewing has gone for you. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. This is, this has been very cool. It's been a good chat with you about some of this stuff and yeah, no, I really appreciate it. And I uh, really appreciate having the chance to be on here and hopefully we can talk more in the future. Sweet. Thanks. Yeah. Good stuff.